When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Ken, I just got done watching the season finale of season seven for the fourth time, and I want to talk about the music. I, I know we've talked about the music on Daily Thrones before of Game of Thrones and how amazing it is, but there was a musical score in this episode. It was I wouldn't say it's the best, because The Light of the Seven will always be the best, but the scene when Jamie leaves Cersei and we see the snow fall, that wonderful score, and it's called... Winter Has Come was just so stunningly beautiful. I just marvel at it. I wasn't able to do the concert um, series that Game of Thrones did um, months ago, but I'm really hoping they do another concert series because I will definitely make sure I attend because the music on this show is incredible. Eric Monroe with another great thought starter on the music just overall in this season. Ramin Jawadi is, without a doubt, one of the key players of Game of Thrones. Uh, much like John Williams of Star Wars, George Lucas will say so many times that, that uh, John Williams is the secret sauce of the Star Wars galaxy. I think Ramin Jawadi is the not-so-secret sauce, but often overlooked sauce of Game of Thrones. Without a doubt, that main title, that main theme is one of the best of all time, without a doubt. I'm, I'm one of those people who does not skip it. Uh, the whole package of the music and the graphics and the map makes it something that I have to watch every time Game of Thrones is on. But the music has always been on point. Tracaris is one of my favorite tunes. Always, always uh, something that pops up and I listen to it. But uh, a lot of the music is very subtle. It's in the background. It tells a story. It draws some other pieces of music within itself. And The Light of the Seven was the perhaps... Uh, I don't want to say peak because I hope for the best still yet to come, but it was definitely the best work so far. That that sequence at season six, uh, episode ten, the finale, uh, was uh, I think my favorite on the show. Just the way the music played into what was going on with Cersei and Tommen and and Lancel running off after the bird and all those things we got going on. It just was so perfect, and the music stands on its own. It's just a beautiful piece of music, bittersweet, ominous. Yet strains of uh, of anger and even some hopefulness. It's all at play in there, and that that was definitely uh, the strains of uh, of the light of the seven showed up this season. Which is again, I love it when when Jawadi calls back on his own music and puts it in. Without a doubt, uh, some of the finest work was in season seven. And like Eric said in that finale. Jamie walks away from uh, Cersei. You have some of the uh, themes of Light of the Seven. You have a lot of the themes going on there, and I I love it. And the way that Reigns of Castamere has been played into a lot of things in the past, the way it's subtle, and sometimes it's right in your face. It's right there. If you go back and watch season one, you realize Reigns of Castamere was much more a prominent song before you even knew it as a fan, before it really locked in. And so, without a doubt, the music of Game of Thrones is key. What? some of your favorite pieces from the Game of Thrones score, soundtrack, because there's also some songs that pop up every now and then. What is it? 
let me know here on Daily Thrones. Hey, Ken, Kevin Ross. Well, happy Labor Day in the United States. And um, uh, my question is, because we have no Game of Thrones episode uh, today, sad, uh, what episodes will you uh, watch to celebrate uh, Labor Day? What episodes best um, symbolize Labor Day for you in the Game of Thrones universe? Thanks. A great and fun question from Kevin. Three cocktail questions here on Anchor about uh, Labor Day over here in the United States of America. Uh, that is tomorrow, and there's no Game of Thrones episode tonight, so he's asking, what episode or episodes of Game of Thrones would you watch to kind of uh, celebrate Labor Day? And I'm thinking, what is what celebrates labor in Game of Thrones? The working man, the, the common man. And I'm going to go to two episodes. Season 3, Episode 8, and Episode 9. This is Second Sons, which really sets up the reigns of Castamere, which, of course, is the Red Wedding episode. But tucked in there is Daenerys using the Second Sons and then Dario Naharis rising from the Second Sons um, to free Yunkai, a city of slaves. Now, uh, she um, did that with Astapor, and she would eventually do it with Marine. But Yunkai was the one where I feel she uh, did it uh, did it best, did it fast, and then was rewarded most uh, by episode 10 with uh, Misa and the, the famous scene of her being carried out by her, the citizens of Yunkai as the dragons fly. I, uh, I think that one best represents the worker man. These are the, this is slaves that she has freed. This is what she wanted to do. And even though there was a little bit of skirmish with uh, Grey Worm, Jorah Mormont, Dario, the slaves were willing to throw down. Uh, the, the, the takeover of the city was a lot easier. They, were, they wanted uh, the city. They wanted to rise up. They wanted to be free. And that was, uh, that was Danny's, I think, one of her funnest works. Also, getting the Unsullied was, too. And then even the Reigns of Castamere. It's a, it's kind of a dark, it's, it's a bittersweet honor. A lot of working men, a lot of good Stark men were just cut down, caught up in the upper level, the upper echelons, Game of Thrones. The good Stark men died. They were drinking, celebrating, and taken advantage of because, uh, well, the king, Rob, decided to go follow his heart. And that ended up costing the working man, and that's a good reminder. Of what it takes maybe to be a good leader. Love is the death of duty on Game of Thrones. Will Jon Snow make that kind of mistake? Will he? We'll find out. What would you watch to celebrate Labor Day here in the USA? What Game of Thrones episode are you going to put on tonight to help ease the void of no new episodes? Daily Thrones rolls on. Hey, Ken. So my cousin just asked me a question I want to pass on to you. What do you think... Jamie meant by I don't believe you when he turns his back on Cersei. Do you think he meant I don't believe you that you're going to have the mountain kill me? Or I don't believe you that you're pregnant? I could see it both ways. Um, especially because I think Cersei adding, be, being so headstrong um, about betraying the North when Jamie clearly sees that you know, everybody needs to get together to defeat the Whites. He probably views that of, oh, she's not thinking about our child's future, especially if she wants to have the mountain kill him. So therefore, she's not actually pregnant. I don't know. What are your thoughts? 
Hedge Knight Andrew with a great call. It was from earlier in the week, but I wanted to pull it back now. It's a great observation about what Jamie Lannister actually meant when he told Cersei, I don't believe you, before walking out of her and walking out of King's Landing as winter arrived down to the capital. Uh, on first viewing, and I always go, you know, your gut takes you to, to where... You, I don't know why I should take it back. I don't know if your gut takes you to the right spot in Game of Thrones. Because I have a habit of just seeing things as they appear to be. So I saw uh, Jamie Lannister saying, oh, I don't believe you. Uh, you'd have the mountain kill me. I just don't believe you. Love is too deep. Brother, sister, lovers, otherwise. Uh, I just, I, I took it as that. But the idea that Jamie was looking at her and saying, I don't believe you. I don't believe that you're pregnant. Makes even more sense now when you put the pieces together like the hedge knight was saying in his excellent phone call he and his cousin discussing here that if jamie's putting things together putting things together in his mind and cersei's pregnant saying she's pregnant but at the same time she's willing to sacrifice jamie to kill jamie for some some arguments some some uh, a heated discussion for sure and a heated situation for sure in his heart i i could see jamie doubting that now i do believe cersei is pregnant i am uh, one of the people that believes this is this is uh, happening because it's part of her new motivation and that speech she gave um about what she thought when that white rush right at her not the good of the people but the good of her family and specifically her unborn child i believe cersei in that moment cersei doesn't lie about that stuff and Tyrion has said that to her before which is why i kind of could get on board that Tyrion's made some, some kind of deal with her which is what we we're discussing yesterday on daily throne cersei is very motivated by family and if she can also find a way to defeat the prophecy of Maggie the Frog, of her three children, and if gold's, uh, gold, uh, gold will be their crowns and gold will be their shrouds, if she can find a way to beat that and this is her way around it, because, again, that prophecy doesn't count for on the show, at least that uh, Cersei did have Robert's kid, uh, just it did not survive. So, you know, the prophecy could, uh, could be like a lot of prophecies in Game of Thrones. You can look at it from a certain point of view, or Zobi Obi-Wan say, a certain point of view. Um, so going back to Jamie, I think in that moment he might be saying, I don't believe you, to all of it. I don't believe you'd have the mountain kill me, and if you do, if you're okay with having the mountain kill me, then I don't believe that you're pregnant because you wouldn't want this child to be without me you wouldn't want me to not be around now cersei has changed and in the books jamie finds cersei to be a very changed woman and that's part of the reason they have a falling out now it's a playing out a little different than show and that's okay but this could be part of that this could be his mind driving him away that cersei is changed and maybe maybe he's just saying i don't believe you in general like i don't believe what you've become Maybe it's all of the above. What do you guys think? Let me know here on Daily Thrones. It's the off-season now. we got a long time to wait, but we got a lot of things to talk about. You can call into Daily Thrones with any theory, thought, or speculation. You don't have to wait for me to prompt you. Just get in there. Give us a call. Give us a ring. You can find me on Twitter at CanNapSuck. Use the hashtag Daily Thrones. Join this conversation. Anchor is powered by your voice just as much as mine. And Daily Thrones will roll on because of you guys. So until tomorrow, that's it. Let's keep talking Game of Thrones.